I'm J-Mac. And I'm Jess. And you're listening to Base Code Podcast. All right, you can start it out today. Hello. Hello. <laughs> it reminded me when I was in uh, Australia at Laracon AU, we went to like this um, reserve or whatever. Okay. And they had, you know, obviously like one of the parrots or something. But like the guide, of course, got them to like say stuff. And the classic was like, hello. Hi, uh, yep. I don't know. I, every now and then I'll just randomly be like, hello. <laughs> so. At least it gives us another interesting way to start the show. What's really funny is I catch myself doing it the most. We're um, So we're expecting in uh, late October, early November, we'll, we'll see. Uh, but we're at a place where we're supposed, like I'm supposed to be like also kind of like talking to the baby. Oh, right. Supposedly they can like, hear voices now or whatever, you know? Yeah. So you want to familiarize them with your voice. But I caught myself when I like go up <laughs> to the to the baby. I'm like, hello. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's so dumb. I wonder what the So uh, I gotta knock that off. Yeah. I wonder what, what kind of effect that will have. <laughs> what lasting effects. <laughs> She's gonna think her dad's an Australian parrot. <laughs> so but you know how people do that? Like when you talk to a dog yeah, or a baby, yeah. you just you make a stupid voice. You just make like a little Hey, hello. Yeah, I I recently got a a dog. My first my first dog. That's my dog. My partners have had dogs. This is my first my dog, and yeah, yeah I definitely have a dog voice that I'm just exactly. having to learn to live with. But thankfully, I'm not recording it, so I don't have to hear it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all fine, but it's just I'll I'll catch myself doing it. So yeah, it's <laughs> it's kind of an awkward uh, twitch, I guess, or quirk of mine. Yeah, to use a goof voice. <laughs> anyway. So it's been quite a while since we last did a, did an episode. Yeah. Was it last year? No, we did one earlier this year. Kind oh, no, of it was before... the start of this year. Yeah, it was kind of like, yeah, early corona. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. It was like, I think we recorded maybe one or two episodes, like when everything, like the world was really like starting to shut down. So we didn't really get into the crux of it. But yeah, to your point, it does feel like so long ago because of all the things that have happened yeah, it's a different planet we live on now. It's, it's yeah. pretty weird. Fortunately, though, on a positive note, I, I did see, like, actually, truly a few people on, on Twitter. A few, like, literally two or three. But it's still some people were like, hey, when are you recording the next one? So oh, nice. I figured it was about time. Awesome. So, so yeah. But, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a bummer that we don't get to go to Laracon in person this year. Um. It's always nice to meet people there. And I remember at yeah. Laracon, New York last year, people came up to me and were like, I love the podcast. And it was like, I felt like a, a micro celebrity. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. No, I, I, I like that too. And yeah, I mean, I'm glad, of course, that Laracon is still happening online. Yeah. Uh, and of course, glad you're still going to be speaking. But yeah, I do miss the in-person and uh, kind of just going back to the whole COVID stuff, like... Yeah, I could tell maybe about three or four weeks ago, like I was really getting like, like I'm, I'm pretty okay, like being solo and focusing and all that stuff. But yeah, I could tell the other week, like it was actually starting to catch up to me. I don't mind it because I am very, like, I was pretty much already a hermit before COVID. Like yeah. I worked from home. 
I generally avoided social situations, but there have been times where I'm like, I really just want to go to the pub, <laughs> have a few drinks. and Yeah, I wasn't like always on the scene or anything, but yeah, I mean, I do like... <laughs> I do like going out, uh, whether it's to dinner or a movie or, yeah, just to get a beer or whatever. Yeah, yeah, just somewhere where, yeah, you'll run into somebody or something. But, yeah, it was funny. The biggest thing that's kind of bummed me out is that I was going to get to get to hang out backstage with, like, all the speakers and, like, Jeffrey Way, who I've never met. And, yeah, now it's all virtual, so... Oh yeah, he wasn't he wasn't there last, no, last year. No, and, and thankfully, you know, I did get to go backstage last year, so I did have that experience at least. <laughs> but it is nice when the speakers also come out and chat with everybody as well. Like, absolutely, you definitely don't want to just hold up in there and make it a little a little base that you don't come out of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Right on. So yeah, so you've also you know, we've been talking about this too, like on like the shift newsletters or whatever, but like you've been, we've been working a little more together uh, on shift lately. Uh, you've been kind of helping with the tailwindification and then yeah, and alpine and alpineification. Yes. You also got some contract stuff you're doing. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess for a bit of an update, um, Gifty Duck hasn't really moved too much. It just hasn't really kind of taken off in any sort of meaningful way. Like there's there's users trickle in and all that sort of stuff, but um, I've kind of had to move my focus to something that will pay the bills for a little while because I took about a year off work, yeah, just to experiment with no pay. So eventually, you know, that's that's not sustainable. So I took on random contract work, and then I ended up taking on a contract that turned out to be more of a job than a contract. It happens. Yeah, it's 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 worked out amazingly. But yeah, I remember my first day, they like gave me an email address and I'm like, oh, this is serious. <laughs> it's so funny, like the little things that like, yeah, suddenly make you feel like an employee. Yeah. So with Gifty Duck, like, are you just kind of pausing on feature development or you think you can get back in there and just kind of letting it slide for a while or um i guess i just at the moment i can't really dedicate a huge amount of time to it um i would like to add some more stuff to it there's some features that um, my business partner in particular feels like will um you know will help improve the engagement and usage and all that sort of stuff so it is on my my list of things to to add some of these features it's kind of it's on the back burner, but it's not it's not dead. We did actually move it off of uh, of Laravel Vapor though, just because of the expense of um, like we were running up, you know, pretty big Amazon bills, and then the the recurring Vapor costs. So I moved it back to a DigitalOcean droplet that I had on Forge. In my opinion, I feel like you have to be at at a little bit of a sweet spot of scale where like yeah that makes sense. I mean, if it's kind of just steady low traffic, I, I don't know. Part of me feels like. Not much can be cheaper than a five dollar a month digital ocean box. Yeah, but I mean, I think I think we talked about it before. But my business partner was always just had this this fear that we were going to go viral and get millions of users. And I was, you know, I, I've I've read a lot of the Basecamp stuff, and it's all about you know you don't have a scaling problem until you have a scaling problem kind of thing. Sure. But at the same time, I really wanted to check out Vapor, so. Yeah, yeah. It's good that you've kind of proven that path, you know, so again, you know that that's an option in your back pocket to kind of return to. So, yeah, so yeah I think it's it was probably good to kind of spike out and try, um, especially even for your own, like you said, knowledge. But yeah, anyway. Yeah, as far as a shift update, uh, 
like we said, working together on some stuff, trying to tailwindify things. Um, there's always a little bit of like seasonality with shifts. So there's some downtime right now, um, you know, but for the Laravel 8 release in early September. So got about a month left to kind of get some of those housekeeping nice to haves off the list and maybe tweak in a redesign before got to go back into like automation mode. So. Yeah. But it's growing well. Like uh, my goal is basically f- grow 50% every year and it seems to be on on track for that. So So it's good. And there'll be another small price increase, of course, with the next version of Laravel. So that always helps kind of the bottom, the actual bottom line beyond just the numbers. Yeah. Um, Because, you know, you got to really with shift, I like keeping it affordable. So, you know, everyone can use it and it's kind of a no brainer. But like with those numbers at $9 a pop, I mean, you really have to bring in like a thousand users to to move the needle. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like you get rewarded for staying up to date. Exactly. Yeah, that was always a built-in incentive. Like if you do stay up to date and you are a loyal customer, like you are, yeah, you're you're looking after the loyal customers that use it every time, and it's just kind of the yeah the other ones that kind of need to help carry the weight a little bit. <laughs> I don't think many people have ever complained about the price. So like, no. but yeah, it's it's just a tiny little pricing tier that yes does give a nod to being on the latest version. So anyway, good good catch up for kind of the old podcast since we were talking about like SaaS and our our products and stuff but like I think this one I'd like to focus more on maybe you know Laravel specific topics and kind of like some coding style and stuff because I've been tweeting about that more lately personally and I know I know you've also done some tweets yeah you know some like hot tweets (laughs) you know that have gotten some good traction and I know I'm kind of turning that into like a free ebook that'll probably be out maybe by the time this is actually published, like maybe a week later. So yeah, I think it'd be good to maybe like just get into those topics. I think people had appreciated with base code how we kind of started all this, like having some episodes that just kind of we chatted back and forth about, you know, programming concepts. So yeah, I mean, I think it's handy for me at the moment because I'm working with a new team and there's differing levels of experience in there with Laravel. So like a lot of my tweets are inspired by like things I've tweeted in the, or, you know, like written in the Slack channel at work of like, you know, don't forget you can use this. Yeah. There's also this thing. So I've kind of just put those as tweets, but I'm definitely getting a lot of, a lot of exposure, I think, to some of the other ways people code with Laravel at the moment, which is good. I think the like beginner to intermediate level, I guess we could call it, is like a very underserved market. Yeah. Like I feel I feel like beginner isn't so bad. There's things like Laracast, right? And you can just get a subscription, pound pound the videos, pound the web, read the forums and and you know, there's other books too, like Stauffer's books like Up and Running and and even Taylor's original book is probably still relevant. And you know, we can link to these in the show notes, but like I just feel like once you're kind of past that you kind of start to code by coincidence. You know, we talked about this with base code. Like you kind of just, you kind of just code and it works and you never really think the wiser, right? Yeah. There was a a tweet that Jeffrey waited the other day about being boring and writing boring code. And when I look at my code, I'm like, it is kind of, yeah, it's, I'm not doing anything crazy or exciting, but I'm excited by it because it's simple. 
Exactly. Yeah. Evan, you tweeted that years ago, like he appreciated boring code and it's, they're all just different ways to say the same thing. You know, again, like we talked about with a lot of the base code stuff, I mean, even that was really just a synthesis of stuff Kent Beck and Fowler, you know, yeah. and Uncle Bob were talking about 20 years ago. So, I mean, you know, these are evergreen topics, but again, I think, you know, those that are wanting to push into the intermediate category, you know, there's some that are just always going to code comfortable right? Yeah. And that's totally fine. Nothing's wrong with that. But those that do want to to level up from there to get to the next level, I think those people are underserved. I think the stuff I know, the stuff I write and do and share is really trying to target that group, like yeah. the group that they're familiar with Laravel already, but maybe there's just some things they don't know. And, you know, they're looking for like advice or they have some experience of like, managing Laravel applications or a long running single application. And they're kind of just like, how could, you know, they're starting to wonder like, how could I do this better? Yeah. And I mean, not everything's in the documentation. So it's not as simple as, you know, read every page of the docs. It's such a, a huge framework with so many different, you know, little, little secret features and ways to use it. And yeah, like if you don't keep on top of it or have some, some tactics, which, you know, I'd like to go over on how to kind of like find these things then yeah, you can end up writing things the old way, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of things in the docs, like you said, even just the other day, I remember kind of going back and forth on Twitter uh, with Taylor, because I was like, he was like, oh, what's a paper cut and make some suggestions. And so like, I always have a list of three or four things that I'm like, oh, you know, so I threw one out there. And he was like, and like, you know, 10 people were like, this already exists. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, man, I was like, well, it in a way, it doesn't surprise me. I was like, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I, I must have missed it in the docs. Yeah. And a few minutes later, Taylor was like, added to the docs, you know, and it was like, nice. but it was funny because all these people were like, yeah, it's documented. I'm like, send me the link. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Put up a shut up. <laughs> Which they did after, after he published it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, to your point, there's a lot of things that aren't always in there, but even when they are, you know. Again, there's a lot of different ways to do things specifically in Laravel or, or really any framework. So to layer in those aspects, again, from base code of like symmetry, you know, of, of how to how to just give that code a little more cohesion, yeah. you know, between the various parts. How can the, you know, controller and the model and the view all feel laravel you know how can they all feel like you know home and easy and boring yeah i think that's one of the biggest sort of keys to it is learning how to speak like the laravel way in terms of like learning the laravel language um and the, all the conventions because you get to a point where you kind of just assume things will exist and they do because there's this kind of this natural way that that it's evolved and like one of the secrets to getting a PR into Laravel is if you find something and if you if you're really attuned yourself to what Laravel is like and you reach for something that doesn't exist and you're like shocked that it doesn't exist then that's probably a good case for you know a PR. Yeah, if you really kind of line it up with Laravel like you know again symmetrical right and it's cohesive and it feels like part of the language you know it's pretty high likelihood it's going to get in there. Yeah. And I remember like a while ago, I'd submit a PR and I got one in, but Taylor changed the method name. And I'm like, yeah. yep, fair enough. And then more recently, I submitted one and Taylor left the method name. And I'm like, 
maybe this is a sign that I'm starting to understand, you know, the symmetry and all that sort of stuff of, of how things are named a little bit better. Like a couple of years ago, I used to say, and this was even beyond just Laravel, I used to say something like, you know, don't fight the framework, right? Like, yeah. And I think some people get what that means, but it was kind of like, it was a little antagonistic, you know, it was a little like, you know, defensive. So like more on the positive side lately, what I say, and you, you probably maybe remember this from the Laracon AU talk, and it's, it's one of the kind of the principles that I have, you know, in base Laravel is like, grok the framework, you know, yeah. like emulate it. And that's what we're talking about here. And I think when you start to challenge yourself, even just to kind of have that goal, you you push yourself in ways, you know, to write better code or to find, you know, more native ways to do something. It helps when you really relate to the way Laravel's written. I still remember when I first came across it, I'd played with other frameworks and, you know, they did their job as a framework. But when I came across Laravel, the way that you kind of expressed your code really, really resonated with me. And so I've found at least I can kind of naturally uh, write things that will feel laravel Yeah. And I think that's maybe like a good point to end on too, is like when something, when you can tell that there's care that went into something, you want to care for it too, right? If you have the yeah. right mentality, like you want to care for it too. Like if you get some beater, you know, used car, you're probably going to continue to beat it up. You know, it's, yeah. and again, actually, as we talk about this, it, we stumble directly into the broken windows theory yeah, I was just thinking again, that. <laughs> that we've talked about before. So like the point is, is like, you can tell that Laravel was crafted, right? And it's part of its branding, you know, artisan, craft, all these things. Yeah. It just creates that tone of being encouraging to do more with your code, right? Yeah. And I've heard, uh, I think Taylor on a podcast fairly recently was talking about painting the back of the cabinet. So it's about, you know, Mm -hmm. putting in the attention to the things that most people won't even see, but it's that that quality and craftsmanship and care that, that goes into it that at least really speaks to me. And like you said, it makes me want to, you know, leave it as good as I found it. Um, and make all my code that extends off Laravel be, you know, of similar quality. At least that's my goal. Exactly. I think that's the point is that most developers are going to see that. And that is going to be the invitation to, again, level up maybe a little beyond the level of code that they're currently writing. Yeah. So, but you have to have that. I've found, I've kind of, in a way, like given up on that. And it's not necessarily like, a pessimistic outlook per se. I think I've just realized that when it comes to tech, especially, it's kind of like telling. It's just a very hard dynamic because you either come off like the get off my lawn boomer, yeah. right? You're like talking to a teenager in a way. Like there's so much emotion around it that it's it's just so hard. You have this razor thin channel to communicate to them with where you might get something through right yeah and so again it's not necessarily pessimistic it's just more realistic like because i know because i used to be there and and you know i have a hundred stories where i was probably a real big jerk about the way in which i wrote code and was very obstinate just because i thought again like teenager i thought i knew what i was doing i thought i was invincible i thought you know it was it was all good. Who cares? Right. Yep. Like, I don't need to do it that way, whatever. 
But as you get older, you not even older, just as you gain more experience with programming, you realize back to the point that, oh my gosh, they were right. Or if nothing else, oh my gosh, like I see now that those things I cared about before were really just these extra fancy things in the code that were just completely unnecessary, completely not worth my time and energy. And I'm fine with the boring. Yeah, nice. Well, I look forward to continuing to talk about this because I've kind of made it a bit of a mission of mine lately to work out how I can inspire like a quality first mindset in developers and at least those that want to strive for that so yeah yeah we'll keep touching on that I think in this series but specifically we're going to try to get more into like code topics and maybe even a few can mirror like some of the concepts that I talk about in like base layer bell yeah true cool all right well I'll see you next time then see ya Show notes for this episode can be found at basecodefieldguide.com slash 23.